Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lessons of the Wild podcast. I'm your host, Alex Hernandez. Thank you for being here. So this episode of the podcast is going to be a pretty dense episode. There's going to be a lot of information and I'm going to cover the basics and fundamentals of firearms and firearm safety. So, if you get confused at any point or need some clarification, please reach out at lessonsofthewild.gmail.com and I'll answer all your questions. Or you can follow us on Instagram at lessons underscore of underscore the underscore wild and uh, I'll get back to you. With that being said, I hope you enjoy. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in. Like the intro said, this podcast is going to be pretty information dense. Um, The basics of firearms and firearm safety, I'm going to break it down to the simplest aspects that I can and build upon it. So if any time you get confused, please write into the places I said in the intro. Um, I have kind of a cold, so I'm sorry if I'm nasally or if you hear me sniffle or whatever. I took some Sudafed, so hopefully that helps. But I got a lot of notes here, a lot of information. I'll try to go slow. If I start rambling, I apologize because there's a lot to think about here and this is going to be challenging for me. So with that being said, let's get to it. So let's start off with the basic concepts of firearms and what a firearm is and what it shoots, okay, what's loaded into it and just the buildup of a gun in the most basic, simple way that I can think to do it. Um, there's a lot of nomenclature here. I'm going to introduce a lot of definitions. I'll try to go slow. All right, so let's start off. What is a firearm? Now, the definition according to Wikipedia is a portable gun, parentheses, a barreled ranged weapon, in parentheses, that inflicts damage on targets by rapidly expanding high-pressured gas produced chemically by exothermic combustion of propellant within an ammunition cartridge. All right. That's a pretty serious definition, and there's a lot of nomenclature there that, if you're unfamiliar with weapons, doesn't make any sense. Okay? So let's start small and work our way up. What is a cartridge? So... There's kind of a misnomer between bullet and cartridge. Uh, A lot of people use the word bullet for a cartridge, and that's technically incorrect, but it's just nomenclature that is important for laws and stuff, but not for everyday speak. We all know what you're talking about. But a bullet is specifically the projectile portion that gets fired from the weapon and hits the target, and the cartridge is the aspect that gets loaded into the gun that houses the gunpowder that causes the reaction that launches the gun or the the projectile sorry the bullet itself my apologies there so let's define a cartridge <clears throat> a cartridge is a pre-assembled ammunition packaging a projectile parentheses bullet shot or slug a propellant substance parentheses, gunpowder, in parentheses, and an ignition device, also known as a primer, within a metallic paper or plastic case precisely made to fit within 
a specific size barrel, a barrel chamber. So I'm going to read that definition again without the parentheses so it sounds a little more fluid. A cartridge is a pre-assembled ammunition, packaging a projectile, a propellant substance, an ignition device within a metallic paper or plastic case precisely made to fit within a specific size barrel. Now let me kind of expand on all the aspects of that definition. So this cartridge holds everything that you need to fire your gun, right? It's separate from the gun itself. It is what is physically loaded into the gun and allows the gun to function, right? There are mechanical aspects to a gun, but without the cartridge, it's a club, right? It's useless without its ammunition, which this is what a cartridge is. It's ammunition. So there is a projectile in it, a propellant substance, a ignition device, and a metallic case or paper or plastic. And it's made to fit a specific size gun or barrel chamber. So the projectile is the bullet. Now, it's not necessarily always a bullet. In cases of shotguns, it's shot or BBs. Because a shotgun, what it does is it shoots a spread of BBs to widen its you know, area of impact so you can hit moving targets a little easier. It's not easy, but it's a little easier than with a rifle or a pistol, um, which fires a single projectile, also a bullet. Um, this can also be a slug which is a giant bullet essentially for shotguns or a mini ball, minier ball for muzzle loading guns or flintlock rifles, the old school Revolutionary War style firearms, right? And those, you know, uh, flintlock pistols and stuff like that. So that's the projectile portion, right? It's housed within, let's imagine a rifle round, right? The, you imagine getting it loaded into a gun, you got the little pointy part, at the top there, that is the projectile. That's your bullet, right? And within that metal casing under it, because you have the little collar there, you can imagine the little collar, and that all under that is the case, right? That metal there, that bronze color typically, is the case that inside that case and under the bullet is gunpowder. And that's your propellant substance, right? And that what will happen is within your gun barrel, the gun will cause it to ignite the gunpowder and the buildup of pressure will launch the bullet out of the barrel in the direction it's fired, pointed and fired, right? So that's how a firearm works. Um, and the ignition device is called the primer. So at the bottom of your cartridge, there's a little circle. And what the gun will do is it will take a hammer or a pin of some kind and it will hit that little uh, dot little circle with the pull of the trigger and that will cause a spark which will ignite the gunpowder which will cause it to go flying right um, and your casing we just talked about the bronze aspect doesn't have to be bronze it can be different materials um, it could be steel it could be whatever but in cases of shotguns a shotgun shell we call the cartridge tech it's like a simple a layman's term is a shell the cartridge for a shotgun is usually plastic. They used to be made in paper. Um, but not, not all guns use a cartridge. We'll get to that later. I just want you to keep that in the back of your head, okay? Um, it's not super important, but just for hunting's sake, okay? Um, 
and that casing with the bullet is all meant to fit within a specific size weapon, specific size firearm, and specifically the barrel. Um, the barrel chamber is what we call the hole that runs through the barrel that directs the bullet out of the firearm. And uh, it is meant to only have certain bullets run through it or could cause catastrophic failure if something more powerful goes through it and is ignited because that metal is only meant to bear so much internal pressure. Okay, so that's a lot of information. Let's kind of move on. I'm sorry if it's a little quick. If you have any questions again, please let me know. Alright, so let's talk about the size of the bullet and the size of the barrel. That is typically called caliber. Not typically, it is called caliber. Um, let me give you the definition. Caliber is an internal diameter of a gun barrel or the diameter of the projectile it shoots. Pretty straightforward. Um, that hole in your barrel is a specific size and the bullet is a specific size and that's either me measured in a metric measurement, millimeters, or in inches in hundredths of an inch, tenths and hundredths of an inch, sometimes thousandths, but we'll get to that. So your metric nomenclature, let's say the typical round people, all people know is here is they hear my nine millimeter, right? All that's saying is the diameter of that bullet that gun is firing, and that happens to be a pistol round. For the most part, you can shoot it through some rifles, but let's not go there yet. But that diameter of that round, not the length, the diameter, so the circular portion measured in cross-section, is 9 millimeters. Not the bottom of the cartridge, the actual bullet itself, right? Now, in inches... I'm, there's some rounds comparable to the 9mm. I'm going to go with a completely different round. Um, let's go with a 308 caliber. Now, when people say, I have a, a rifle that's a 308, um, what that means is that rifle shoots a, a bullet that is 0 .308 inches in diameter. Now, these measurements of caliber say nothing about the cartridge, right? They're not telling you how much gunpowder is behind it, how much force is behind it, the weight of the bullet, right? It's not telling you any of that. It's telling you the chamber and the size. And you can have rounds of the same, or bullets rather, of the same caliber that you should not fire through a gun with that caliber because there's more to it. You have magnum rounds which have more gunpowder and more pressure and certain guns aren't meant to handle that. So every gun has stamped on the barrel the specific round it is meant to shoot. We'll get more into that, but I'm going to still talk about caliber here some more. Uh, there is nuance to uh, the caliber system and labeling of ammunition in stores. Um, so you have, let's go back to metric, you have your 9mm, that the typical round that fired through handguns is 9mm Luger, and that is just a typical handgun round. Um, you don't want to shoot a 9mm through anything smaller or larger, but there is some, like if you have a 9mm Luger, you can probably shoot most 9mm rounds, but not all. That's a nuanced part where you should ask, you know, your local gun shop 
or call the company that makes the weapon you're interested in. And just clarify, you know, don't feel shy because it's important because it's expensive and you don't want to damage your weapon. But let's go continue with the metric nuances. Sorry if I'm speaking fast. I feel like I'm just powering through here. I don't want to, but uh, I'll try to slow down. So some metric rounds have a two-numbered system. And what that numbered system is, is the first number is going to be the diameter, and the second number is going to be the length of the casing of the cartridge. Right, so uh, for example, a 7.62 by 39 millimeter, that is the round that I believe was shot out of uh, the M1A1 in full, the movie Full Metal Jacket uh, when he kills, uh, oh man, Gunny. Um, what that means is that round, or that bullet rather, is 7.62 millimeters in diameter, and the case is 39 millimeters. Now, that is not a standard way of measuring, but it's a common metric measurement for rifle rounds, right? So you have different weapons that fire different metric rounds, and they're measured like that, but pistols don't always, don't usually follow that nomenclature. I'm sure there's some exceptions, but I've, I've I'm... I've never seen it. I don't, I'm not a gun nut. I just like guns. There's a lot of gun nuts I'm sure would tell me. There are, um, there are nuances to that and exceptions and stuff like that. But for the most part, the two numbered system is for rifles and the single number of pistols. Just know what that means and that your firearm will specifically match that bullet, right? And it's always stamped on the gun itself. It's a law in the United States that it has to be so you know what round to put through that gun. It's not a guessing game. Now let's get to some nuance with the inches measurement. Um, so you have a lot of rounds that have a two-number system as well. But in the U.S., it doesn't mean anything really that important besides that surrounding you shoot. So for example... A 30-06, which is 0 .30-06, that dash is pronounced off, that's a 30 caliber round, and it was made in 1906. It was created in 1906. That's all that means. Um, that means that diameter is the same as a 308, but you cannot shoot. Those rounds aren't interchangeable because they're different. They're just different entirely. There's different pressures. It could be dangerous, and you shouldn't try to fire one round through a gun like that, okay? But just know that second number doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the cartridge. It's kind of just a label thing, right? Um, like, there's another a 30-30. I don't know what the second 30 is for, but it's a 30 caliber round. Um, I don't think it's a an aught. I think typically aught numbers, like 30-06 or whatever, I don't know any other aught, is a year markage, but don't worry about that. Just know you need to match your caliber of your gun to the caliber of your cartridge and bullet. That's the most important aspect. And know what caliber is, just so you know. Now, that is used for pistols, rifles, and muzzle-loading rounds. Shotguns are a whole different system, and that's kind of confusing. It's the gauge system. So let's kind of delve into that. Um, so typically, 
on a shotgun shell box, so the ammunition box, you're going to see about three to five different numbers. And I'm going to go through them all, but I want you to understand, I want you to know what those numbers are now, so when I get through talking about it, it's just a good order, okay? So you have gauge. This is the order, too, that you usually see them on. It doesn't mean they'll all be there, but once you know the measurements, you'll kind of understand it better. You have the gauge, the length of the casing, the velocity, the weight, and the shot size. Now, those are just five different numbers. I'm going to kind of take one of each apart here, okay? So, the gauge. That's what you hear, 12 gauge, or 10 gauge, or 20 gauge, or, you know, stuff like that. That's a shotgun. As soon as you hear the word gauge, it's shotgun. Okay, that's what you need to know. So the gauge definition is the number of lead balls of size equal to the approximate diameter of the bore of that shotgun that it takes to weigh one pound. So what is the bore? The bore is the, it's the barrel chamber. It's the hole in the barrel. That's what it is. It's another word for it. Sorry if that's confusing. But what they're saying is if you take a lead ball, the size of that barrel, and the same diameter, how many, it would take 12, let's say for a 12 gauge, it would take 12 of those balls to equal one pound. It's a weird measurement, a weird standard. I don't know why that's like that, but it has to do with a lot of history. There's a lot of history in firearms. It's really cool if you get into it. Um, so that means the higher the number, right, you're going to have the smaller the diameter of the barrel and the less powerful the gun, they say. So a 12 gauge is stronger than a 20 gauge and a 10 gauge is stronger than a 12 gauge. And so the bigger the number, the weaker the gun. It doesn't mean you can't kill anything. There's a lot of good guns out there with higher numbers. I use a 20 gauge a lot. It's a great gun, good starter shotgun, but you don't want to, you know, you can shoot deer, but there's there's nuance to it. We'll talk about that at a later podcast, but if you have any questions, again, let me know. All right, so that's the first number. Now let's go to length. So the length is the length of the, the casing, the shell, after it has been fired. So typically you see a, a shotgun cartridge or shell. It's in a plastic case, and when a shotgun is fired, that case lengthens. It opens up because it's crimped at the end, right? And a shotgun is meant to shoot a specific length round. Now, a specific length shell, pardon. Um, sometimes they have some range, so like my shotgun, I can shoot two and three quarters or three inch shells, but I sh can't shoot magnum shells, which is a whole nother thing. That just means more powerful. Sorry to confuse you, but that's what that means. It's after it's fired, so it can eject properly. So you need to fit your gun the specific measurement of length, right? That's important. It's important. Gauge and length are super important for your shotgun. The rest are, you can interchange, right? Those two numbers are the most important thing you need to pay attention when buying shotgun shells is the gauge and the length. Because those are, it's the same as caliber, essentially, for other weapons. It's that important. You're, they have to match, right? You could have catastrophic failure or a dangerous situation. Alright, so the third number, it's not always there, it's mostly there, but not always, is velocity. And that is measured in feet per second, or dram equivalents. Now, I do not have a damn clue what a dram equivalent is, 
but it's a traditional measurement from back in the old days. Don't stress it. It just means how fast the thing, um, the, the rounds leave, I believe, the pellets, the shells, rather, or the shells, the, the shot um, leaves the gun. Um, it can be important for semi-automatic shotguns, which I'll define semi-automatic in a minute, um, and how it cycles the rounds. Now, shotguns, the stereotypical shotgun is a pump-action shotgun. Um, that won't matter for that. But if you have a semi-automatic shotgun that every time you pull the trigger, a new shell is loaded for you instead of you having to physically do it. If you don't have proper velocity, that means you don't have the proper, basically the proper amount of propellant in the cartridge. Your gun might not function properly. So that's really the only time people really worry about it nowadays. Don't stress. Okay, worry about it later. Right now, let's just focus on those first three numbers. Gauge, length, and velocity. The first two are the most important. Velocity is kind of third important. Um, the next number is weight, and just the ounce, ounces of shot in each cartridge. Those vary. Um, it kind of, you kind of just have your favorites, right? I don't really pay attention too much to it. I kind of just pay attention to like, I don't know, the advertisement on the, on the box because I'm a rookie, right? I'm still learning um, but that's all it is it's just a weight not very important um, the last number is shot size and this is where people you know vary as far as birds and stuff but let's go through it so kind of the same thing with gauge the bigger the number the smaller the size of the individual BB being fired from the cartridge right so um, your buckshots, which are big BBs meant to take down a bigger game, which I'm going to say I'm not a fan of at all. I don't recommend you use buckshot to kill big game, but it is like measured 0, zero or zero, zero, 0, right? Super big. I'm not a fan. I don't recommend it, but if that's what you do, I don't judge. Um, and your little bigger numbers, like 4 to 9, it's where I live. Uh, it's your bird shot, right? Um, I kind of live in the six to seven range, but you know, again, I'm a rookie. I'm sure there's arguments for one or the other. That's something you can look on forums for. Maybe I can get a, a waterfowler in here who knows everything about shotguns one day to kind of clarify. So, yeah, those are the five numbers that measure shotgun shells. So they're different from rifles and pistols and muzzle loaders. Right, so just know that they're two separate things, but the concepts are very similar, but different. Again, any questions, let me know. Okay, so another round for a shotgun that I haven't talked about too much right now is a slug. Now, a slug is essentially a giant bullet. It's one projectile that is meant to leave a shotgun, right? Um, it's kind of measured the same. You have your gauge, your length, velocity, and weight. And because it's not shot, it's not BBs, you don't have the, the size shot, right? So you just, it just says slug. You'll know it. Um, there's two different kinds of slugs. There's the sabot or sabo round, which is two different pronunciations, or a rifled round or slug, right? 
So the difference is, well, let's kind of talk about rifling first. What is rifling? So in a rifled barrel, there's spiral grooves within the barrel, and that isn't the case for most shotguns. Right? This, this spiral groove causes your projectile to spin and gives it more stability in the air and thus makes it more accurate. Shotguns usually have a smooth bore, so there's no rifling in it, no twist that you can see. If you look down the barrel of gun, which I don't recommend you do uh, ever, unless you are 100% certain that gun is unloaded and you've checked like four or five times, you'll see a little set of grooves that twist down the barrel. A good visualization of that is the James Bond intro where you know James Bond is walking and you can see the little twists through the circle and then he shoots you and blood comes down or whatever. But those spirals are meant to be the rifling of a gun barrel. Um, so a shotgun traditionally doesn't have a rifled barrel. It comes with a smooth bore. So what the slugs have, what pe the manufacturers have done, have put grooves that kind of match the twist rate. Is how that's how rifling's measured. Don't worry about it. Um, of the required twist rate to keep that round accurate. So the rounds themselves, the slugs themselves, have these grooves in it to cause them to spin. Um, so that's what a rifled slug is. Now, nowadays. Manufacturers have created interchangeable barrels, so you can have a smooth bore, or you can switch it out and have a rifled barrel for your shotgun. And then you can have to shoot Sabo or Sabot, S-A-B-O-T, rounds that are just like a normal bullet. And the barrel causes the bullet to spin, not this bullet itself, right? So why would they do that? Some states, it is illegal to hunt with rifles, um, high caliber rifles, not pistol rounds. Because, so Indiana, it was illegal, still is illegal to do on public lands to hunt with a rifle. But it used to be 100% illegal. Now it's, you can do it on private lands with a rifle. But in fear, of, because how flat it is that that projectile could travel really far, um, you should never be in that situation because you should be aware of what you're shooting to and what's behind it. We'll talk about that more. But... That's why these shotguns and these rounds exist, because you can hunt with those because they don't have the range that rifles do, okay? you When you're hunting with those, you can't shoot more than 100 yards with a 12-gauge. You know, you're really pushing the limits in accuracy and kinetic energy at the target. That's more stuff for the future. Let's keep it simple. Just know that there's slugs for a gun that can be rifled or not rifled, and the not rifled ones are called sabots. It depends on the barrel you have. I will add this. If you are shooting a rifled barrel, do not shoot shot through the rifled barrel because it can damage that rifled barrel. You want a smooth bore to shoot a traditional shotgun shell with shot in it. Okay, a lot of information we've covered on cartridges. Let's talk about the materials used in the bullets themselves. Um, we'll talk about casings a little bit. It's pretty straightforward. It's just different metals, plastics, something like that. But uh, the bullets themselves, there are a crap load of different material used for uh, bullets, right? So the traditional materials, lead, um, used in shot, in shotgun shot. Uh, rifle rounds, shotgun slugs, handgun rounds, 
muzzle loading balls. Um, it's kind of the gold standard of a round. Um, its advantage is the expansion upon impact. And what that does is it transfers all the energy, all the kinetic, not all of it, but a lot of the kinetic energy. When that round hits, it mushrooms. It, it just breaks it, not shatters, but it kind of breaks apart and peels and makes more surface area. And that transfers a lot of energy to your intended target. Um, and that makes for more ethical kills for hunting. Um, it is illegal for war, fun fact. Technically, I'm sure rebels use it. But another topic. Um, but, uh, oh, a hollow point round you will hear in pistol rounds. It's um, the, the bullet itself is like, got a cup in the, the most front part of the bullet that's fired. And that, you lose accuracy, but you gain more transfer of kinetic energy. Great for bear rounds if you're carrying a bear pistol, like a 44 Magnum. For personal protection, people use them. There's controversy with that I won't get into, but just know lead is used for expansion, and it's great. The disadvantage of lead is it is toxic to the environment, so you cannot hunt birds with lead shot because... That gets into the ground, and birds, if you don't know, have a crop, which means instead of teeth, they eat up little rocks and hold them in their crop, or gizzard, right? I think it's a gizzard. And they'll eat food, and that food will enter the gizzard, and those rocks will grind it up for them like we chew. And what will happen is those birds eat that lead. They get lead poisoning. If something eats them or they die, that gets into the water, it's just a big chain of toxicity that we don't want in our environment. So a lot of law or a lot of states have laws against hunting waterfowl with them, but big game, not so much. I'm starting to steer. I'm going to start rather steering away from it, just because I care about the earth. Um, all right, so let's move on from just lead. Our next material is jacketed lead, um, a full metal jacket. Right, that's what everyone knows. Um, or what that is, it's lead, usually encased in another metal, copper, steel, or even there's polymer involved sometimes nowadays. Um, so, you know, you see a bronze-looking bullet. You don't see the gray lead shape. Those are very common rounds. I hunt with full metal jackets traditionally. I'm going to start moving to copper. We'll get to that later. Um, they're more accurate, more aerodynamic. They have worse energy transfer. It's still not bad, but they have worse energy transfer to their target than just lead. But the accuracy kind of you know, makes up for it, right? They're way more accurate. They're not going to have any flutter or, you know, like you get with lead. Not that you get flutter, but like you, you have, they're just more accurate. Know that. Um, for energy transfer, some companies are adding a polymer tip to it to allow lead to be exposed but still maintain the accuracy so that the tip is more in aerodynamic shape but when it impacts that just disintegrates and allows the lead to mushroom creating your expansion and your energy transfer they're great but again same disadvantage toxic to the environment etc all right our next material is solid metal um, just not lead right um, used in rifles pistols shotgun shot um, 
there, I mean, there are a million materials, but steel and copper, kind of the go-to. Um, they're non-toxic, which is super good. Some people say that they don't have the penetration power of um, rounds of lead. I think they penetrate, but they don't expand as much, uh, especially, especially with shot versus uh, rifle rounds or pistol rounds because the technology nowadays manufacturers are coming up with it really comparable now to copper rounds specifically. There used to be a lot of trouble. Now I think they're kind of working out the kinks and the science behind it, and they're just giving good alloys that allow solid expansion. It's great for hunting. Um, that, that's what we I recommend for hunting, just to protect the environment and anything that eats, you know, or picks up the extra metal. So uh, good to know. With all that said, just use a round meant for hunting. Period. Uh, it's confusing. All rounds have their own individual characteristics and stuff like that. Just pick a round that you're going to use either for your shotgun or your rifle or pistol and practice with that. Don't be switching rounds because they all have their own unique characters and every gun, even the same gun, the same has their own unique characteristics because nothing's perfect. So just practice with what you're going to use. Make sure... You're in line with your state regulations and federal regulations as far as, uh, you know, ducks go, migratory birds and stuff like that. Just know that. Okay, so that's a lot of information on cartridges. Let's move on to types of firearms. Now, I'm going to move some papers here, sorry. Every state has laws pertaining to which guns you can hunt with and where and what calibers of that gun or bullet that you can use. So before you buy anything, review all the things I just said, okay? Make sure you're not going to buy a weapon that you're going to try to hunt with and then, oops, it's illegal, it gets confiscated, things are a problem, right? Their game wardens have a lot of power and they're pretty reasonable people for the most part, so... Alright, just so you know. So let's break down the types of firearms into three categories. Um, you have manual, semi-automatic, and automatic, okay? A lot of people mix up semi-automatic with automatic. We'll clarify everything here in a minute. So let's start off with manual. That can be further broken down into single shot or repeating. So a single shot is a firearm that can only be fired once before it must be reloaded or charged via an external mechanism or series of steps. So these are your muzzle-loading guns in particular or your break-action shotguns. What is that? So your muzzle-loading gun, what that is, is in order to load the weapon, there's no cartridge one, so it's all encased in the gun. So what they do, the muzzle-loader, you load it from the end of the barrel, which is the most traditional old-school gun. It's the first type of firearm. You put your powder down in the barrel. You take out your stick. I forget what it's called. Ramrod, maybe. I don't remember. And you pack that powder down. Traditionally, now they have more modern techniques for this. It's like circle compressed powder, and it's way easier. But the old-school way. And then you put your minier ball, which is like a bullet, 
shaped like a bullet nowadays. Again, more improved technology. The old round was the minier. It's an old lead round that looks like a bullet, more aerodynamic. And you take your stick again, your rod, and you jam it back in there. Then you put your primer on the external portion of the gun, cock your hammer, and fire. And you have to do that every single time you want to shoot. So you only get, in reality, one shot. Um, break action shotguns are the shotguns that kind of bend in half, right? And you load the shell, fire. Now there are double barrels, there's over-unders. Again, nuances you don't really need to know right now. But no, every time you fire, once that round is spent, you have to physically break the gun and load a new one by hand in order to fire next round. So um, sometimes you get two rounds with the shotguns. I'm not going to, that's, you know, there's always exceptions and stuff like that. But for the most part, single shot, you get one. That's what it means. You get one. And then you got to do a bunch of stuff, right? And now let's talk about repeating. Where's my definition here? Oh man, sorry. Uh, I lost it. Oh, there it is. Repeating can be fired multiple times, but can only be fired once with each subsequent pull of the trigger. Between trigger pulls, the firearm's action must be reloaded or charged via an internal mechanism. So that's the difference between the single shot and the repeating is that you have to do external things with the single shot. There's internal stuff with the repeating. So your lever action guns, your cowboy rifles, right? You see, bink, and then their hand drops and cocks the gun. Bink, bink, you know, and every time they're doing that. Um, your double action revolvers do this. And what a double action revolver is, is you have to cock the hammer physically. Boom. Or maybe that's a single action. Anyways, ignore that last one because I'm not sure. A bolt action rifle. It's your traditional hunting rifle, right? The one, a sniper rifle, where they have to, every time they fire, they take their hand and charge the weapon and cock it back and forth. It's really cool looking. I was obsessed with it as a kid. I love sniper rifles and bolt-action rifles, but um, I think they're really cool. But that's the, that's the difference, right? So one pull the trigger, one round leaves, and then you have to do something. That's what a manual weapon is. You can't just pull the trigger, pull the trigger, pull the trigger, or hold the trigger. And that's where we get into semi-automatic weapons. Um, oh, before I forget, let's talk about more repeating weapons. Um, so I said lever-action. Pump-action shotguns fall into this as well. Um, or lever-action shotguns. So you're... That makes it a repeating, repeating weapon. Okay, so anyways. Semi-automatic. As a firearm that performs all steps necessary to prepare it for firing again after a single discharge until cartridges are no longer available in the weapon feed device. A clip versus a magazine. Okay, so let's talk about, really quick before we get into semi-automatic weapons, the difference between a clip and a magazine. People use these words wrong all the time, specifically people against firearms, and it drives me up a wall. And it drives most people up a wall who know guns and hear people make up stuff they don't know what they're talking about. So, a clip is different from a magazine. So, modern guns use box magazines for the most part, right? It's that thing you see soldiers tap on their head and load it into their M16, and then they charge their, their weapon, they go, and it's ready to fire. It is the box that you 
put 30 rounds in. There's a lot of controversy of that nowadays, having a 30-round magazine. A lot of people call that a clip. They're completely different things. Don't confuse them. Hand, Semi-automatic handguns use a box magazine. Boom. Older style weapons use a clip. Um, a traditional one that uses a clip is in the United States M1 Garand. It's the old World War II rifle that they load from the top. You can see the bullets, all of them, and you know, they mix that traditional or that classic ping sound. Ping! That I think is really cool. But the difference is the rounds are not housed in something. You can, all these rounds are just hanging by a lip on the end of the cartridge in this metal thing. And then you physically have to push all the bullets into the weapon, right? And then that clip is no longer a part of it, except in some cases they are. But an old Russian SKS also uses a clip. Not, not necessarily a magazine. They can. There's modifications. But you have to individually load these rounds into the clip, and they're just outside, right? And then you put it into the gun, push your bullets into the gun, and the clip is or discarded. Um, where a magazine is a box with a spring and a little little plate that separates the spring from the cartridges and you load cartridges, cartridges into it. Um, and that gets put into the semi-automatic weapon and that spring will cause the cartridges to be uh, pushed into the feeding mechanism and then it could be fired. Now Oh, that's a lot of information. Uh, Semi-automatic weapons typically use the expanding gas from the fired round to recharge or prepare the gun to fire. That's what charge means. I've been using that word. I didn't really define it. Prepare the weapon to fire for you so you don't have to do it. This is what separates it from a manual weapon. It's all done internally. So every time you pull the trigger, the bullet fires, that gun will steal some of the gas, and either just gas or a piston will cause the bolt to pull back, and that, that magazine or clip or the spring in the gun for a clip will cause one of those bullets to rise to take the place of the old bullet that got shot and the case got ejected um, and be loaded and ready to fire for you next pull the trigger. So you do nothing besides pull the trigger. They're great guns, they're a lot of fun. Um, so these are your AR-15 style guns. Like I said, an SKS is kind of an old one. Your M1A1, which is like your Vietnam era gun, they still use them, they're great guns. M1 Grand, there's a lot of guns that fit this definition. And, um, Oh, uh, double action revolvers um, fit this definition, right? Because every pull of the trigger, you can shoot around until you have to physically reload it. Um, so, no gun is worse than the other, right? It's all the same thing. Um, there's a lot of controversy with AR-15s right now and been for a long time because they look like the gun they were designed after, which is the M16, which is a assault weapon, which is different than a semi-automatic weapon. Um, I'll get to that in a minute. But all it is is you can pull the trigger, and every time your finger pulls the trigger, you can fire. If you hold the trigger, nothing's going to happen, though. That's what separates semi-automatic weapons from automatic weapons, 
which is an important, very, very important distinction, okay? Um, because if you ban AR-15 style guns, there are much more powerful guns that are semi-automatic. It's kind of pointless, but I'm not here to get into politics. But that's where a lot of gun owners get really upset with this whole thing because a lot of the people against gun ownership are unknowledgeable of this. So we kind of touched on it. Let's talk about assault weapons. So what is, well, before we get into that, let's talk about automatic weapons. So an automatic weapon has the same kind of mechanism as a semi-automatic in that it takes some of the gas to recharge the bolt of the gun to get it ready to fire. And you can fire without having to do anything yourself physically besides pull the trigger. Now, a fully automatic weapon, as long as you hold the trigger, those rounds will be fired, right? But if you let go of the trigger, it's not going to fire as long as everything's functioning properly. Semi-automatic, if you hold that trigger, it's going to fire one round and that's it. Okay. Um, so, automatic weapons have been... Um, illegal for a very, very long time. Um, I forget the act. Uh, since 1934, under the National Firearms Act, as well as even more laws under the Gun Control Act of 1968. This encompasses assault weapons as well, because an assault weapon is a gun that can be toggled between semi-automatic and fully automatic. So with the flip of a switch, that gun can go from every time you pull the trigger, it shoots, but if you hold it, it doesn't. Two, if I hold this trigger, I'm going to spend every bullet I have in my magazine or clip. Those date back to World War II. Um, but the Germans had a gun. I forget the numbers of it, but or the model of it, rather. Um, but that's the difference. And the AR-15 is based off the, the look of it and the style of it is the stock, is what it's called, um, is what... The M16, the AR-15 is based off the M16, which is the assault weapon version of the AR-15. It's the civilian version of the M16 is what the AR-15 is. Um, so an M16 can switch back from semi-automatic to fully automatic, and that was implemented in Vietnam. Um, but we, there's been there's a lot of other guns like that. Been super illegal for a very long time in the United States. Um, there are ways to get these weapons. But it is incredibly regulated and astronomically expensive. Um, I didn't look into the process because I have zero interest in doing it. And I can't spend like $15,000 for something that I'll never use except to... I don't have that money to shoot that many bullets. Bullets are expensive. So there's no point, right? Um, but now let's talk hunting with these weapons. So most people hunt with... Man, uh, manual weapons or bolt-action rifles. Um, you are allowed to hunt with semi-automatic weapons, but there's usually uh, laws pertaining to how many cartridges you can have in your magazine or magazine tube in case of shotguns. Um, there are semi-automatic shotguns as well. I didn't talk about that. Um, the advantage to this is that you have a quick follow-up shot. For rifles, that is, um, and and shotguns. Um, that is, if you miss, or if you have an 
un, are not so clean shot. You don't have to take your eye away from the target to physically, physically recharge your gun like a bolt action rifle you do. You have to take your, your gun away from your eye, use the mechanism to charge your weapon to fire again. Whereas in a semi-automatic or an AR-15 style gun, you can take a shot, keep your eye on the target, and if you notice you hit in a different position than you'd like, you can adjust your aim and take another shot, making kills more ethical. Now, I'm, I don't hunt with these traditionally, but I'm not against it by any sense of the word. I think you know, you're comfortable with what you're comfortable with, and as long as you're obeying the law and rules of conservation, go for it. You know, do what you got to do. Um, you can also hunt with pistols in some states or rifles that shoot pistol rounds. Um, I don't do that. I know a lot of people in Indiana and in the Midwest. I'd say Indiana because that's where I learned about it. Um, hunt with 44 Magnum, which is a big handgun round. They put it. It's a big revolver, like Dirty Harry 44 Mag. Yeah, right. That's the gun. Uh, people hunt with that for whitetail. I I don't want to. They're less accurate because the barrel shorter. You don't have a stock to put on your shoulder. They make stocks for it's weird, but just know that there are laws that regulate that as well. Um, and there are laws that regulate the amount of uh, rounds that can your magazine can hold. Um, and in shotguns, you have a plug that you put physically into the magazine portion of your shotgun. It's different than a box magazine, the detachable one, but it's called a magazine nonetheless. Shotguns, they typically want you to have two to three rounds that your gun can max hold, and that's having a round in the chamber and two in your magazine tube or whatever. And all it is is a piece of plastic that compresses the spring um, from behind versus where you load the, the gun or the, the magazine, like behind the plate and behind the spring. So you can't physically load any more rounds. Um, that's just to give you know more fair chase. Um, all right, and the same thing can be done with box magazines, which is which is good. You just put a little piece of wood in the magazine. All right, um, automatic weapons don't have a use for hunting, and they've been illegal for a long time. There is some controversy with bump stocks um, currently that theoretically turns, not really theoretically, it doesn't actually turn, it just causes you to be able to pull your trigger really fast on a semi-automatic weapon. Um, people do it with a rubber band or um, their belt loop. So, I don't know. Not my place. Let the government figure it out, not me. Um, I could talk about all the different automatic weapons, but I'm not gonna, because this is a long podcast as it is. So, that is the most basic and fundamental information I can give you on firearms. Um, there's a lot more nuance to it. There's a lot more information out there. There's a lot of things to it. But all that, with all that information I presented to you, you can go out and get your first, you know, guns for hunting. Um, a good 30 caliber rifle is good for most big game. You wouldn't be shooting moose or bear with just a normal 30 caliber 308 or 30 on six. Might go 338 at Lapua, but... That's something else, and I love a 12-gauge shotgun or a 20-gauge shotgun. Take care of business. So if you have any questions on anything, please let me know. Okay, now let's talk safety. Um, before we talk 
in detail about safety. I just want to kind of give a little disclaimer here. Not really a disclaimer. A gun is a tool, right? It is a hunk of metal that is used to cause harm, right? It is as good or bad as the person wielding it. And if used responsibly, it can be a lot of fun. And it is super important that we practice safe habits and handling of a firearm and storing at all times. Accidents and tragedy have happened, but are usually 100% preventable if proper steps are taken. Um, I'm not the foremost person to talk about safety, so I'm going to give you a lot of referrals here. But I'm talking about some practices that have helped me um, with safety. If you take Hunter's Ed, which you should, even if it doesn't isn't required in your state, you should definitely take it. Um, they cover a lot of this, and that's mostly what Hunter Ed, Hunter's Ed is about, is gun safety and keeping you safe out in the hunt. Um, so take that, understand that. Please, if you never handled a firearm and have never had a mentor for handling firearms, take a class. Look up something. Go to your local gun shop or Cabela's. I'm sure they have classes, and if they don't, go to a police station. Man, they, ha they handle weapons all the time, and just tell them what you want to do. I'm sure somebody can be there to guide you and help you. No one wants to see anyone get hurt. None of us want people to get hurt with guns, especially if we use them for fun and hunting. Like They're a lot of fun to target shoot, and just be safe, okay? Practice habits. Don't point your gun at anything that you don't intend to kill. Right. So, um, there's a lot of stuff to think about, but like I said, never point anything, point anything it doesn't want to hurt. One mistake is all it takes. Um, and as my my uh, <laughs> I call him my dad, my second dad, my third dad really. Uh, Tom says, "No loaded gun ever killed a man." As in, everyone always thinks it's unloaded, and something happens and someone dies. Um, so just be safe at where you're pointing it. Know if you're going to shoot at something, what's behind that target and where that bullet could potentially go if you missed. Um, don't shoot up because that bullet will travel and hit something, if not a person. Um, so shoot into the ground. Uh, for example, I'm hunting a property in St. Louis where there's a stand I was sitting in, and behind me, there's a little hill, but if I missed, I'm, I could go straight into a house. So whatever would come there, I wouldn't even wouldn't even budge on shooting it. You have to be aware of that. Um, be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of the people around you. Be aware of where they're going. If you're a bird hunter and you guys are walking fields, everyone has their their directions that they're allowed to shoot and not cross for safety reasons. Uh, Dick Cheney broke that rule once. Um, so just be aware. Um, protect your barrel or your muzzle, which is the end of your barrel, from debris, because if that gets plugged, you can have catastrophic failure of your gun if it's fired. Um, I want you to wear ear and eye protection. And know what and where you're shooting always. If you have even the slightest doubt of what you're looking at hunting, don't shoot. Be a hundred percent sure. Like there's no, there's no excuse to make a dumb shot like that. Okay, 
Don't just shoot at movement. That's a terrible, terrible idea. Plenty of hunters have been hurt or killed because of idiots. Okay? All accidents are preventable. Um, there are a lot of organizations out there for gun safety. Pay attention to Hunter's Ed. Just be safe, okay? Don't be an idiot. Guns aren't toys. They're tools, and they're tools that can cause a lot of damage and death, okay? They're a lot of fun and really enjoyable, but take the necessary steps to be safe. All right, storage. Again, I'm not the best resource for this, um, especially if you have kids. I, I have a website here. It's www.projectchildsafe.org. They talk about having firearms in the home with children. Highly, highly recommend looking into them. Um, the NRA has a lot of stuff. Um, you know, just if you have children, they're they're curious. You know, they want to be like your parents. They want to know, and I think education is the best way to be safe. So educate yourself and educate your family on firearms and the dangers of them. Um, you know, I want you if you have children or just in general, get trigger locks and chamber locks for your weapons. Um, keep your ammo locked and separate from firearms and keep your guns locked up. Um, personal protection is another whole different storage topic as far as home goes. If you want to have a gun on your nightstand, but you have kids, you know, there are ways to go about that safely. Um, I'm not the guy to talk about. I don't have kids and I don't, I, I just, I don't know the best ways to go about it. I'm sure there's better people for that. Um, there's a lot of like fast safes. I don't know, but what my stepdad did growing up is he always kept the ammo and gun separate, but in accessible areas that he knew were, but we never did. So I could open up his nightstand and see an empty gun. And I did a lot of the time as a kid because I was stupid. You know, I loved guns. I loved shooting. I never took it out, but you know, I'm a kid. I'm curious. Kids get curious and they like doing cool stuff that their dads do and moms. So, you know, be safe, do your research. Don't be lazy. All right. It's not hard to Google something and it's not hard to take a class. I know we're all busy, but do it. Okay. That's all I got for you folks. That was a lot of information, a lot of dense information. If you are confused or if you think I'm an idiot or whatever, just let me know. Please send in, you know, your questions and everything you can think of. Okay. Uh, I'm here for you. I'm here to help you learn and help you have a good time and be safe hunting. Um, please look into safe class, like firearm classes, if you've never had weapons before or not familiar with them. Please just, just be safe, okay? Um, it's super important, and you know a lot of idiots misuse guns nowadays, and a lot of kids are getting a hold of guns and doing bad things with them, and. You know, these kids shouldn't have access to their, their parents' firearms, okay? So, with that being said, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Send in those questions. If there's anything I can do to help, please let me know. All right, y'all. Have a good night.